First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. Westside, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust on bad boys, niggas fuck for life. Plus, Buffy trying to see me weak, hearts I rich. Vicky Smalls and Junior Mafia, some more ass bitches. We keep on coming while we running for your dudes. Steady gunning, keep on busting at the fools. You know the rules. Little Caesar, go ask your homie how I leave you. Cut your young ass up, leave you in pieces. Now we deceased. Little Kim, don't fuck around with real G's. Quick to snatch your ugly ass off the streets. So fuck peace. I let them niggas know it's all for life. Don't let the West Side ride the night. <laughs> Bad boy murdered on wax and kill. Fuck with me and get your caps peeled. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is another week of news, and none of it is ever good, unfortunately. However, if you did not like that new timer intro, please drop a comment down in the comment section and tell us what you don't like. If you do like it, give us a hell yeah. But we've got all kinds of news. Uh, We've got the opening of the trial for Ahmad, uh, I can't say his now name now, Ahmad Arbery, Arbery. Gonna mess that up all night now. I, I said it all day. Uh, more <clears throat> high-profile walkouts uh, due to COVID mandates. UNC Chapel Hill segregation is in. So if you want to take a trip back to the early 1900s, go back to UNC. And uh, a warmonger is dead. Made death brain to the king, I guess. Not that one. So let's go right into the ad reads here. Go find us on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. More than likely, the day will come where we get nuked off of Facebook. So follow us on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter to get the live content um, and to be able to watch it back later. Uh, Hit the notification bell on YouTube and set to always follow myself. The Oklahoma and Mr. Will on Twitter, our Twitter handles or something. Uh, I don't know what theirs are. Mine's libertarian underscore not because I am not a real libertarian. Neither are you. Can't change my mind. But do those things. Uh, they help us out with the algorithm, get the word out there, and all that good jazz. We got the Alaskan Raven for all you meme needs. Go check out the Alaskan Raven on Facebook. We've got Crowned by Gold, the third book in the Royal Green series by Jack Casey. If you haven't heard the good news, fuck Jack Casey. I'm contractually obligated to say that it's a good book, but I'm not prevented from saying fuck Jack Casey. Also, go to notarealpodcast.com and copy some of our sweet merch like this shirt here and that shirt there. Both of which are awesome. Both of which are you can only find through... NotRealPodcast.com. We're also sponsored by Redacted Caucus, the most redacted of caucuses in the Libertarian Party. Go check them out. There's a a bunch of good information on what the Boogaloo Movement actually is on the Redacted Caucus website. We've also got RedemptionTactical.com. That link right there is our special link that helps them Help us, help them, help us. Let them know that we sent you there. 
So type in that link right there. It is redemptiontactical.com slash question mark ref ref equals one November vector x-ray zero for the audio listeners. Also, go check out electinalebruno.com because apparently this has turned into an Oklahoma network and I'm going to have to fire some people so that uh, there it is, Electinale Bruno. Yes, ma'am, I did shave my face. I did it. I did it all for the, the Bruno. Um, go check out Natalie Bruno's campaign. If you're in the Oklahoma City area, this company, this upcoming weekend, come hang out with myself, Spike Cohen, Miss Natalie Bruno. Will will be there. The Oklahoma will be there. Uh, well, I'll be hanging out, having a good time, helping Miss Bruno get her campaign started or ended. However, <laughs> depending on how my MCing goes. So. <laughs> but yes, yes, Natalie Bruno says, even if you are not dot 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 drive Haru. Yes, please drive Haru. Here she says, here. <laughs> I'm bullying her already. What else have I got? Oh, that's what I've got. I've got the first segment for you guys, the 811 call before you dig segment, where I give you average ammo prices for the week and a gun deal of the week as well. Nine millimeter is currently sitting at 32 cents around, which is down from last week, which is what was at 34 cents. Now it's at 32, so it's two cents cheaper because math. And the things. Five five six is about fifty cents around still. I think it's about fifty three last week. So we're we're getting there. It's it's not great, but you know inflation sucks. Our uh, spotlight product of the week, courtesy of galleryofguns.com, is the Keltec uh five point five inch barrel. It comes with fiber optic sights. And it's shot, or it's chambered in a twenty-two. So if you like Keltex and you like handguns, go copy one of them bad boys for five fifty. You might even get you a better deal than that on it. You never know until you go. Sean, I'm just going to keep deleting your comment because I am God here. And you are nothing but a thorn in my side. And I just keep plucking you out. So good luck. Um, <laughs> so, okay, whatever. Whatever. I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll talk about it. I wasn't going to, but he's, he's harassed me long enough now. So myself, the Cajun Libertarian, Sean Hickman, we're all on a podcast over the last few weeks called The Dissident in Chief. It's run by a good friend of ours. Um, and we kind of started talking trash on Twitter about who had the worst interview or whatever. And, uh, yep. Oh, wait, that's not, that's not what I wanted. Well, I'll unblock him here in a minute. Oh, well, sorry, bud. You have to figure it out later. Anyways. God, I'm falling apart now. I'm messing with him. All right, so we we started talking trash, and eventually it came down to whoever has the lowest viewership or listenership on their episode ends up wearing a dress. However, if the three of us combine to more than a 1,000 listens between our three episodes at the end of 30 days from when it was released then the dissident in chief must wear a dress and it's not going to be on the show. Uh, it will be a single photo that is taken and will be uploaded to the interwebs. In which case it will be memed from here until all oblivion. So go listen to my episode. You can find it on, I think we shared it on this page. It's on my Twitter I think it's on my personal uh, on the, the bootleg Facebook page as well. So go give it a listen. You only got to listen for five ten minutes. Um, it's 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 a lot shittier content than what I usually do, but.
but it's not my show, so it's okay. But if you listen for five minutes, you may get to see Sean Hickman or the Cajun Libertarian in a dress on the internet. It is a real thing that can come true only if you listen to my episode and my episode alone. So go do that. And I think Jennifer or Carly may be able to post the link in the comments and then pin it. That way... I don't mess that up as well. Anywho. There it is. Jennifer has found it and she's posted it. She's awesome. Thank you for that. So let's get on to the news. I lost that one. We'll we'll do this one. We'll start with some sort of good news. So Washington State has fired their head football coach, uh, Nick Rolovich, and four assistants for refusing state-mandated COVID-19 vaccinations. So, yeah, so Washington State fired their head coach and assistants on blah, 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 on Monday after they refused to comply with the mandate that states all employees must be vaccinated against COVID-19. Washington Governor Jay Inslee had set a deadline of Monday for thousands of state employees, including the Cougars coaches, to be vaccinated against the coronavirus or risk losing their jobs. The noncompliance, so this is a official statement, the noncompliance with this requirement renders Rolovich ineligible to be employed at Washington State University and therefore can no longer fulfill the duties as head coach of our football program effective immediately. Uh, this comes from the Washington State Athletic Director, Pat Chun. Uh, and, I mean, <clears throat> what what do we say at this point, also? I mean, other than, other than I hope this continues. I hope people continue to push back and just say, yeah, I'll just go unemployed. Or I'll find, I'll find an employer that doesn't enforce this crap. I hope more of it happens. And it, it sucks that people are losing their livelihood over it. But, you know, freedom d- does not come without cost. It, it, there's always an associated cost with it. There's always uh, some kind of association that has to be made with pushing back. Every fight has a, every battle has a cost. And sometimes it is people losing their jobs. But, you know, you know, Good on him for doing the right thing and being principled and making a stand where he was able to. And, uh, yeah, and it wasn't just him alone. It was for his assistance. Um, and that football program will more than likely probably suffer greatly this year. Not that they were going to do anything anyways. But, hey, now that school is going to lose tons of revenue because of a failing football program that's going to get even worse. I should say they were failing before a now moving forward failing football program because they wanted to play politics and they didn't want to use science and they didn't want to go by what the actual information saying. They wanted to say, Hey, we care more. So we're going to force you to do something to yourself, which is, which is crap because it's not actually saving lives. So there's no, and to other people who have, thankfully died and i'll say that like a piece of trash but um this next person i'm going to cover uh he never made it as a wise man and he couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing uh he was tired of living like a blind man and sick of sight without sense of feeling and this is how he reminds me and this is how you remind me of how corrupt our government is death to colin powell He's dead. Don't feel sorry for me, he says. Good, because I don't. Uh, After 20 years of a war that was his creation. uh, Yeah. Not a... Not a sad bone in my body. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... I don't... I don't know what more to say. I mean, he was, this man made money on a personal level by sending thousands of Americans to die to benefit himself and the cronies in DC. Not once, 
but twice. <clears throat> so over 32 years, beginning in 1989, after the U.S. invasion of Panama, I conducted about 50 interviews with Powell, <clears throat> who was the first black chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the first black secretary of state. The last interview was a phone call three months ago on July 12 for 42 minutes and recorded with Powell's agreement. And this is coming from Bob Woodward from the Washington Post. So you'll know this will be super cringy. Of his visit to Walter Reed National Military Center, he said, I, <clears throat> I have to get all kinds of exams and I'm a former chairman, so they don't want to lose me. So they make me come three times, come here, Make me come there all the time. I don't know why I was having trouble with that. I've taken lots of exams, and I get there on my own. I drive up in my Corvette, get out of the Corvette, and go into the hospital. I also go to a clinic to get blood tests taken. I don't advertise it. I don't advertise it, but I lost most of my friends know it. What? Oh, okay. Whatever. And he's gone again. So they're going to spin this as they do with people that they like. Um, if Donald Trump were to die tomorrow, not that I particularly care for him either. Um, they don't currently like him. So he uh, he would get probably abysmal treatment in the news and it would all be how they hate him and how he's a, a a monster and a warmonger and all this trash colin powell hasn't been relevant in dc pretty much since bush left office bush jr and so he's been gone long enough to where they people don't remember what they used to say about him in the news so they can now be nice to him um but anyone who remembers, Colin Powell was basically the mastermind behind the Iraq and Afghanistan invasions. And uh, 6,000 dead Americans are on squarely on his shoulders, honestly. I mean, that's that's what I'm going to say is, I mean, they're squarely on his shoulders and his shoulders alone for the actions he took and the, the decisions he made to basically just throw Americans at a problem that we that the US government created originally with this type of policy. So we their intention was to solve bad policy with the same bad policy that created the problem that's now causing a new problem. Yeah, no, uh uh rotten hell bud. That's what I'm gonna say. I try not to speak ill will of people, but that guy is Yeah, he's 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 killed Americans. That's that's just how I'm going to leave it. I mean, he he was single-handedly the responsible party for 6,000 dead Americans. Um and I shouldn't even call them just Americans. They were basically kids. When you're 18, you're still a child, so So we're going to get into the uh the, the opening trial of Ahmad Arbery. Um so this is an article from NPR that goes uh, really in depth into the backstory. But um, Ahmad, the uh, the killing of Ahmad Arbery was the, if for those who don't remember, was the one where the the black guy was running. Um, he was, I should say, he was jogging down a road, minding his own business, and these three guys pull up in trucks and basically just blast him. I mean, that's really what it came down to. Um, he, yeah, he, uh, it, it was, so I believe if I remember correctly, one of the gentlemen, the, I think the guy who shot, uh, Mr. Arbery was a former detective or not detective, but sheriff or was working with the sheriff's department, something along those lines. Uh, So yeah, they're not saying they're 
background here, but I do remember that there was there was some kind of officer and the actual sheriff's department there in that county knew him by name, but they were like good friends and they were looking like they were going to try and cover it up. And then um, as a lot of this stuff does, it gets brought out to the news and moved from there. And the argument that the two, the, the, I believe the three gentlemen made was that Mr. Arbery had been stealing stuff from a construction site, but he was jogging with nothing on him. And because for anyone who, who's ever ran or jogged or whatever, will know that when you've got like even a cell phone in your pocket, it'll bounce around a lot and it's annoying and it'll bother the hell out of you. Um, so I don't, I don't foresee if he not, and he didn't, but if he had stolen something, you would see it moving in his pockets. It's just, yeah. So I'm a, I'm gonna go into this here. So on the day of the shooting, defendant Travis, McMitchell calls 911 to report there's a guy in a house under construction. There he goes right now. He says on the recording, running down the street. The dispatcher says she'll send police, but asks, I just need to know what he was doing wrong. Arbery was unarmed, but Travis McMitchell had a shotgun. A second call, a second 911 call was made by Travis's father, Gregory McMitchell, also a defendant. There's a black male running down the street, he says. Then he yells, stop, damn it, stop, Travis. And then they shoot him. Um, yeah, so seconds later, you hear three shotgun blasts. And that was it. Um, they made a decision to shoot someone. Uh, they played judge, jury, and executioner. It's uh, and there's some footage from what had happened. Um, it's not on here. I'm not going to play it. But this article is it's it it goes over the kind of the brief timeline, I, I guess, of what kind of happened. Um, I remember when it first happened, there was this kind of controversy on where he was running towards, where he was at. It and at bare minimum, I would say it's negligent discharge of a firearm. At, at bare minimum, for the simple the simple fact that uh, they chase this guy down, and then if if the defense is correct in saying that Ahmad Arbery came at them. Uh, I don't see that as justification for still shooting him for the simple reason that they chased him down. And then when he goes to defend himself, they shoot him. That's still kind of iffy on that one, but I just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'll say these, these guys are definitely at least complicit in some severe negligence. Um, I would say, they may end up getting off. I don't know. Um, but uh, they're, they're definitely complicit in some form of high-level negligence for just this this the pure stupidity. Um, I mean, if you... <laughs> That's just... Yeah. So at trial, Travis McMitchell, 35, Gregory McMitchell, 65, and another neighbor, William Bryant, 52, will face state charges including murder, false imprisonment, and aggravated assault. They've separately been charged with federal hate crimes, which I'm not a big fan of those. Uh, just I, I'm not a big fan of hate crimes because the definition on hate crime is so vague and so broad they could define a like making a joke with a hate crime in the future. It's It's not great. Um, the, and I understand their initial idea behind it was to disproportionately target people being racist or bigoted or whatever, but 
the problem is is the even the words racist and bigoted and all these other things have changed to fit a certain narrative so i don't agree with hate like defining crime as as a hate crime for the simple reason that if it's a crime it's a crime it doesn't need that context right it's you violated someone else's right therefore it is a crime cut and dry um uh, bu- 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 the trial is scheduled for February 2022. Um, so the the trial actually hasn't started, but it's moving into this phase where we'll see a lot more coverage of it. We'll see more people talking about it. Um, but it's drawn, you know, national scrutiny. There's been national coverage on it. Um, there is a lot of questions on how that county originally conducted the investigation due to the fact that some of them, as I said, uh, yeah, so the former district attorney, Jackie Johnson, now faces charges that she tried to shield the McMitchells from prosecution. The elder McMitchell had worked in an invest, uh, as an investigator in the DA's office and was a former police officer. Uh, his son had been in the Coast Guard. Several judges and prosecutors recused themselves from the case more more than likely because uh, the simple fact that if you know the person that's on trial, you're supposed to recuse yourself from that trial just so you don't have that bias. Or if you are emotionally compromised by the, the trial, there's there's different things, different reasons why you will recuse yourself, but those are pretty much the big ones. Like if uh, if I end up getting pulled for jury duty, um, and let's say my good buddy gets it, is on court or on trial for something, I have I'm supposed to recuse myself because. I know him in a personal nature and I can't be uh, objective with the information. Um, I can't be non-biased. So I would have to, they would expect me to remove myself from that case. Um, It took nearly three months before arrests were made after mounting public pressure from the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, taking these cases from Glenn County police. Um, Body cam video from the scene show police treating Travis McMitchell with great care and the defense uh, difference as he stood. Literally with blood on his hands while Arbery lay in the street. Uh, uh, They were given a courtesy that the normal citizen would not have received. That is 100% correct. Um, What I will say is right now, someone broke through my door and I shot them the first thing that's going to happen is when someone shows up, I'm getting put in cuffs while they do their little investigation. They're going to confiscate my firearm and do this whole thing. The fact that they basically show up and start shooting the shit with the guy is already a bad look. That's already, um, it already shows that there is some sort of uh, complacency with what is going to happen. That's why they kicked the can down the road for so long because they know the guy they don't want to be involved with throwing him away. But, yeah. Um, no, that's, that's yeah, that's, I mean, that's honestly the truth. If, if there's ever a firearm discharge, you're not going to get treated like that. You're not going to just be standing there, uh, you know, just having a good time hanging out. They're going to put you in cuffs. They're going to put you on the ground and they're going to search you. They're going to search everything around you. They're going to, they're going to take a gun. They're going to take everything they can. And yeah, it's, it's not going to be a, a great experience for anyone. And then it goes on, bleh, goes on to the relationships of privilege, uh, which I'm not going to go into because that's just an awful topic. But yeah, we'll see what comes out of this. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm going to say that more than likely, uh, these guys will probably end up behind bars for something. 
I don't know which charge it'll be. I would say probably. I'm not gonna make a guess, but yeah, I'll say more than likely they'll end up uh, being found guilty on at least one of the charges. So, another one of these stories, because apparently this uh, segregation is making a comeback, UNC Chapel Hill can continue using race in in its admissions process, a federal judge rules. So what was happening is UNC was basically asking or using the race of a person to determine acceptance into their university. And according to some of the federal documents that it did not discriminate against Asian and white Americans, but it, it, it's, it's setting that weird precedent again, right? It's, it's the, Oh, see, there's no problem now. So you can keep doing it. And then it's, you know, you would think at least a university, like I get public schools kind of suck with educating. Colleges are supposed to be better with education. Um, but, you know, segregation wasn't all that long ago. It was more recent than World War II, if I'm remembering my history correctly. Yeah, I would say there's still places deep into the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s that had uh, Jim Crow. And, uh, whoa, that got bad. There we go. So this is, yeah, once again, it's another school that's decided segregation is cool again, and they're going to bring it back. They're going to make determinations that they're going to treat black students different from all other students. Or they're going to treat minority students different from all other students. Um, Which is it's i mean it's it's disgusting i mean we uh was like four weeks ago i covered a news article about uh washington state the same washington state that uh that fired that head football coach and four of his assistants uh have a black only dormitory so only black students can live there and i believe if i remember from the article correctly that's the only place black students can live so I mean, from coast to coast, we're bringing segregation back, apparently, and apparently it's cool again, and this this, this is where we go. We go around in these stupid circles, and I just, I mean, maybe someone can explain it to me. Maybe someone in the comments should go, just right now, someone explain to me why this makes sense. Why saying we're going to not pick you by your SAT score or your ACT scores or your performance in school, what extracurricular activities you were in, what sports you played. Um, We're going to pick you upon what race you are. We're going to pick something that's not got to do with anything about learning. It's got to do with what color your skin is. Jimmy Lee can't explain it either. Does anybody else got an explanation? I mean, it's it's stupid. This is the dumbest stuff I've ever seen. And it, and it gets worse. It's like every time I turn on the like, oh, I don't turn on the news because that's not a thing I do because that would make me kill myself. Um, the idea that the lawsuit, so I'll, I'm going to go into the, the article. So the lawsuit claims that that UNC unfairly prioritizes black and Hispanic students over white and Asian American students. When considering applications, the group is made up of thousands of rejected applicants, uh, prospective students and parents who want race and ethnicity taken out of the college admissions process. Uh, The group is behind similar affirmative action lawsuits against the university of Texas at Austin and Harvard university. The courts have ruled in the university's favor in both of those cases, but Harvard could end up in the Supreme court. There have been other universities as well. Now, this is not in conjunction with this group, but there are other school districts and other universities that are under fire currently in the legal system because 
of some really insane uh, affirmative action processes. Uh, there is a school district, I believe, in Georgia that is trying to completely segregate the public school system. They want to have a black-only elementary school, middle school, and high school, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's it's. I don't get it. I mean, why? I, I mean, if if <laughs> I just I want to have something to say. I just can't think of anything. It's just it's the dumbest stuff I've ever heard. I mean, tons of people fought and tirelessly to get rid of this stuff in the United States, and we're just bringing it back in the name of wokeism. And I shouldn't say we because I've got no I've got no dog in this fight. I've got no I've got no love for uh, determinations on jobs or uh, school by race. It's stupid. I think I think all college applications should be similar to how. Oh, so that's another one. The the New York uh, uh, Philharmonics, uh, not opera. The uh, the band. Um, the Philharmonics, they they are for the first time ever not doing blind auditions. They are going to require they're going to require yeah, the orchestra. They, thank you, Ronald. Uh, they're going to start requiring being able to see people so they know they can make that diversity higher. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good you look on stage and how good you look when the woke come for you and that you can say, I've got this one black guy that plays the cello. Um, yeah, it's, uh, we should, we should do blind auditions for college. It shouldn't be about what race you are. Hell, I don't give a shit if no white kids get in through that process. It, it should be about who is the best and who is most qualified and who's going to succeed. There's a lot of kids that go to college that don't need to. A lot of them. There's a lot of kids that make it maybe one, two years and then drop out and they've wasted either federal grants or they've wasted their parents' money or whatever and college doesn't turn out for them. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't try. What I'm saying is you shouldn't just... Uh... <laughs> I just seen a pretty good comment. I'm going to bring this one up. Uh, T. Marie says, podcasts are like blind editions until you get behind them, behind the camera and live stream them. Yeah. I don't know how to take that one, but I laughed. I thought it was funny. Um, um, I lost where I was at. But yeah, I mean, it should it should all be it should be about. Oh, that's where I was at. Yeah, so it. Not everyone should go to college. Not everyone should. I don't. I don't believe that college should be guaranteed because not everyone should go. Uh, there's plenty of There's plenty of people that. That's not for them. That that kind of lifestyle isn't for them. Um, they would not succeed in college. That's not where they, their skills lead them to. There's plenty of trade schools and technically that's college but for you universities is not for everyone especially if you're going to go to get a uh a degree in lesbian dance theory that you will never be able to use and you'll be upset because you have to work at mcdonald's for 15 dollars an hour because that degree doesn't translate to anything um and now you've got like sixty thousand dollars in student debt some people should go into welding if you're good, if you if you're good with you got steady hands and you're meticulous, go into welding. If you are good with, you know, figuring out electrical wiring issues, like that sort of mindset, go into that. Go. I mean, there's plenty of people. Like I was, I'm really good with puzzles and like looking at how things operate and how they're manipulated. I went into automotive. I succeeded there. I just, I hated the work. I, uh, it's, it's rough work and I had to get out of it. But 
not everyone should go to college. And they definitely shouldn't be determining whether or not you go to college by the color of your skin. It's simple. I mean, it's we we have legislation that says you can't turn people away because of the color of their skin. And then now the woke are like, oh, you guys are racist because you won't let us determine someone's eligibility to go to this college because of the color of their skin. You're racist. It's it's insane. It's 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 the most insane contention I've ever heard. It's just I'm going to get hate for the lesbian dance theory comment. I really don't care um, if that's your degree. Then I'll say this: if you've got a degree in something that sounds arbitrarily useless, and you actually have a job in that related field. Please let me know. Yes, sir. Wokeism perpetuates racism and bigotry by removing merit and experience for preferred class of Chattel who are prime benefactors of the welfare state. That is from Ronald Robson. Robson. I suck with pronouncing things on that. Sorry, but yes. Um, not all collectivists are racist, but all racists are collectivists. And so when you make this determination that we have to push, we have to force more black kids into college. Why? Not all white kids should go to college. Not all black kids should go to college. Not all Hispanic kids, not all Asian kids, not all people should go to college. Individualism solves that problem. Let people figure out for themselves if that's what they're good at. Do I want to see more of everybody go to college if that's going to benefit their life in a real significant way? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see more of that. I'd love to see government out of it. Let all the let more colleges pop up, get people the education. I think certifications are stupid. They're worthless um, because it's just it's it's just chest thumping and pounding, and it has no real merit in real life. You can go to college for four years to a certified university and not learn shit and then work a job for a year and learn more in that one year working on the job than you will for four years at a certified university. However, yeah, I think uh, I think we should have more colleges pop up. I mean, but I don't think we should say that. I, I don't think this idea of collectivism will solve anything it never has many people have tried it the ku klux klan tried that shit they 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 seen collectivism as a solution so congrats They've, the democrats have gone full circle or i should say the wokists have gone full circle back to to almost almost full circle back to clanism that's what I'm going to call it now, clanism. And we've got one last thing. Wasn't sure if we'd have time for it, but we do. So the government is officially the biggest bitch in U.S. history. Uh, the January 6th committee tests Congress's waning powers to command testimony. And look, I don't, I don't care how you feel about it. I mean... I think they were stupid to like want to go college is just another form of lining the pocketbooks of the elites. Yes, Jimmy Lee, that is in fact true. And I'll just remind everybody of the celebrity who got caught bribing a school to let their kid into a college. So if you think that college is this grandiose, you know, we're fair and balanced. Uh, if you're rich and you're a slight bit racist and you're woke, you will do very well in college. Um, but for those who remember January 6th of this year, and it's been a very long year, I almost said 2020. <laughs> 
a bunch of Trumper supporter people, whatever we're going to call them. I, I almost threw out a slur there and uh, Trump tarts. That's what I was going to say. I don't want anybody to get upset saying I was going to say something crazy. Um, went and decided they were going to go into the Capitol building. Now, initially, they were let into the building. There was They followed the ropes and stuff. And then they attempted to breach an inner door to the to the house floor. Congress is making this out to be like like grandma with her walker almost took down the entire federal government in one fell swoop. Now I personally support storming the Capitol, just not to put Trump into power or keep him in power. It would be more like to just not have a government left. But, yeah, they... The, <laughs> Congress has become that kid that brings his basketball to the court and then someone dunks on him with it and now he's crying because someone dunked on him with his own ball. That's the analogy I'm going to use and that's the one I'm sticking with if you don't like it. Start your own podcast. Um, So this is according to the Wall Street Journal. Congress's powers to conduct investigations in the face of defiant witnesses have eroded sharply in recent years. I can't imagine why. There's nothing I can think of that's happened in the last four years that would make me think that Congress has abused their ability to do bullshit investigations. Hell, I can I can think of I can think of tons of stuff in the last ten years. This stupid camera. Fix this. We're good there, maybe. But yeah, so has eroded sharply in recent years. A trend once again on display as former President Donald Trump and his associates gear up for a legal battle fighting Demands from investigators probing the January 6th attack. It was an attack on the U.S. Capitol. It wasn't. It wasn't anything but an attack. Because I remember Granny walking through the halls of the Capitol building. So slow. And and so just unstable that the Capitol Police had no time to slowly walk over to the door and lock it. (laughs) They had no time to slowly walk outside, grab a coffee, come back in, and then shut the doors before she could make it there. They had no time. It was an attack. It was brutal, and it was savage. And if you've watched any of the footage, it's them fucking walking through the halls of Congress or through the Capitol building. And AOC is so distraught. She's hearing me talk about this story and she's getting PTSD and she's hiding under her table crying while she's on Instagram or Twitch or whatever the hell she does. There's bullshit streaming from and she's making food. (laughs) The Congressional Committee investigating the attack has demanded a wide array of Mr. Trump's presidential records from the National Archives and has subpoenaed the former president's allies and aides for documents and testimony. Mr. Trump's lawyers have responded by making untested claims of executive privilege that would bar people outside of government from discussing their conversations with the president. Do we, I mean, do we all remember when, do we remember when Maxine Waters told a crowd of people to go after Republicans when they were at dinner or they're at home or whatever? This is, I mean, honestly, look, if this had been Democrats, I'd have, I, and Republicans would respond this way. I'd have done. I'd, I'd had the same response. It's stupid. It's it's the pettiest shit ever. Um, I disagreed with the riots from last year. 
if you're going to burn down property, burn down government property because uh, that small mom and pop shop did not send the cops to shoot you in the fucking head. That would be the state. The state did that. Even if they called the cops on you for stealing, uh, the state is still the one that sends the cops out there to shoot you. Um, so it is not the business's fault. I've called them out before. It's bullshit. Personal property is personal property. We are not. I am not an anarcho-communist. You're allowed to own things. You're allowed to earn from the things that you own. The standoff leaves the committee composed mostly of Democrats. Shocker. With two GOP members who are critics of Mr. Trump. Fucking surprise. Reliant on either a civil lawsuit or the Biden administration's willingness to bring criminal charges to enforce its demands for material. I mean, if you want to not look like a partisan hack, wouldn't you at least want to have other geo like like pro-Trump GOP people in there? It's not about an attack. It's it wasn't a fucking attack. If it had been an attack, there would have been gunfire that wasn't just one-sided, which was the the Capitol Police officer who shot the, the the airman in the head. I can't remember her name. Um, but if it had been an attack, I don't think three Capitol Hill police officers would have stopped 60 people from attacking. <laughs> oh, I hate this planet. I want off this planet. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're going to... They're going to basically have an entire panel of nothing but Democrats and non-Trump Republicans, two non-Trump Republicans, and demand stuff. And it's, look, it's, it's, it's attempt number three for uh, impeachment after he's left office. It's this, that's essentially what this is. They're going to go after him and try to bury him and, because we have literally nothing better in the United States, like poverty or, you know, hungry kids or anything else to worry about. We've got to worry about this brutal attack on the Capitol building. It was so savage that the only person killed was shot by Capitol Hill police. I think someone might have been trampled too at one point. So the other person they're going after in this is Steve Bannon, which whatever, it's stupid. Um, But the pressure here should be on the Department of Justice, at least with respect to Bannon, to show that he isn't above the law, that a congressional subpoena is a lawful subpoena, and the Department of Justice will ensure that that he lives up to his obligations, said Ann Tyndall a lawyer who has worked both on Capitol Hill and in federal agencies on constitutional investigations and is now counsel for the Avsky Group Project Democracy. And I bet you those guys, they're not partisan either. <laughs> Man, you're, you're, look, you're, you're, you're dropping some firebombs on that, bro. Um, Ronald once again saying the only attack on the Capitol was the very idea of their legitimacy. That's it. That is beautifully said. I mean, it's yeah. I'm, <laughs> why are we? Why are we doing this? We're we're going to pretend like it wasn't a, an attack on humanity to throw people. In, in Guantanamo Bay, waterboard them and beat them basically to death for information that they probably didn't have anyways. That's not an attack on freedom. This, though, uh, someone's 68-year-old grandmother walking around the, the halls of Capitol Hill, that's an attack. You know what is an attack? Uh, the U.S. government spying on you every single day using your own money that they stole from you to do it with. That's an attack. You know what else is an attack? Sending cops to shoot people for marijuana possession. That's an attack. Not whatever the hell that was. 
that's like a protest that got a little bit spicy. And it wasn't and it wasn't even like there was any resistance to them going into the uh, initial set of doors. But we've got to make this spin. We've got to have that spin that shows how evil the people we don't like are. That's why libertarians have been branded as terrorists. That's why they've said that we are these domestic terrorists that hate people or whatever. The only people I hate are the ones that use government to oppress others. And the ones that just outright oppress others with their own name. Whether it's a government or an organization or a company or just a couple people getting together. Those are the people I hate. But those those are the people that are in government. So yes. I do hate you. And I don't I'm not I'm trying to remember the phrase. I'm not disrespecting your authority. I'm denying its existence altogether. And with that, to hell with Steve Bannon. Don't give a shit about him. I don't care if he goes to prison or not. It's the narrative that's the problem. It's not an attack. It's just, it was a bunch of just whiny babies that were crying over an election that they lost. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this will be the last show I do on this location this week. Next time you see me on this network, I will be in Oklahoma on Thursday on Will's couch. And yes, we will bring tons of bleach to clean that thing because we're all worried about whatever crazy bacteria he's got growing on that thing. But before you go, Follow us on all these platforms. It helps us with the algorithm. Comment, share the video, like, subscribe, do all the things that are required. Go to notarealpodcast.com. Copy some sweet merch. And one more plug for uh, basically go... Go listen to my interview for uh, that I did with Dissident in Chief. If you want to see Cajun or Sean Hickman or the Dissident in Chief, and address on social media because when the video when the image comes out, uh, I will share it. I will not be an address. It will be one of the other three. Uh, what was I looking for? Oh, I was looking for that link. That's what I was looking for. But with that being said, I want to leave y'all with some good news or some 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 feel goods. Uh, no matter what, and no matter how bad things get, always remember two things: ammo is cheaper than a casket, and guns are a lot lighter than a dead body. Oh, I remember what it was now. What I forgot. Tune in this Thursday night. And here's the link. Leave a call in at anchor.fm slash not a real libertarian. Because this Thursday night, I feel like I should have a good WWE voice. Uh, This Thursday night, we will be interviewing the president of of the Republic of Malasia. The Republic of Malasia is a micro-nation in Nevada of 11 square acres. So tune in Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time to hear Will and I, and maybe the Oklahoma, if he behaves, interview For the first time that I can think of, the only time I know of, a libertarian podcast has interviewed a president. The president of the Republic of Malaysia. 
But you can only watch or listen if you follow us. So go follow us, subscribe, whatever you got to do. But this Thursday night, you don't want to miss this interview. I promise you, you don't want to miss this interview. I set it up several months ago, and I have been so jacked about it since I set it up. And it's finally coming true. And with that, I love y'all. Good night. And good news. Welcome to episode 5 of the 